Thank you, man, for the message in that song. If you have your Bibles, please open to Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles this morning, and we'll look at the 14th chapter together. And we'll begin reading at verse number 1 of Second Chronicles chapter 14. It's been a very special service today. It's been a blessing to my heart, all that's gone on so far. And I trust the word and the message will be a blessing as well. Second Chronicles chapter 14, and we'll begin reading at verse number one. Second Chronicles chapter 14, <clears throat> begin reading at verse number one. So Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa his son reigned in his stead. In his days the land was quiet ten years. And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. For he took away the altars of the strange gods and the high places and brake down the images and cut down the groves and commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law and the commandment. And he took away out of all the cities of Judah, the high places and the images, and the kingdom was quiet or peaceful before him. And he built fenced cities in Judah for the land had rest, for he had no war in those years because the Lord had given him rest. Therefore, he said unto Judah, let us build these cities and make about them walls and towers, gates and bars, while the land is yet before us. Because we have sought the Lord our God, we have sought him and he hath given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. And Asa had an army of men that bear targets and spears out of Judah, 300,000. And out of Benjamin that bear shields and drew bows, 204 score thousand. All these were mighty men of valor. And there came out against them Zira, the Ethiopian, with an host of a thousand thousand and three hundred chariots and came unto Marisha. Then Asa went out against him and they set the battle in array in the valley of Zarephath at Marisha. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power, help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee, and in thy name we go against the multitude. O Lord, thou art our God, let no man prevail against thee. So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. And Asa and the people that were with him pursued them unto Gerar. And the Ethiopians were overthrown, that they could not recover themselves. For they were destroyed before the Lord and before his host, and they carried away very much spoil. And they smote all the cities round about Gerar, for the fear of the Lord came upon them. And they spoiled all the cities, for there was exceeding much spoil in them. They smote also the tents of cattle and carried away sheep and camels in abundance and returned to Jerusalem. Father, bless now your word. Bless your servant, Lord, as I seek to expound it. Lord, thank you for the cross. Thank you for the Savior. Thank you for eternal life. Lord, work in hearts and lives today for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. One day a teacher asked her first graders what they did to help at home. And... uh, They eagerly took turns giving such answers as drying the dishes and feeding the dog and making my bed. 
And she noticed that little Johnny uh, hadn't spoken. And so she specifically asked little Johnny what he did to help at home. And after hesitating for a moment, he finally replied, well, mostly I stay out of the way. And, you know, I believe if you ask many Christians what they do in their practical service for the Lord, they too might hesitate for a moment. But if they were honest, they might reply just like little Johnny. I mostly stay out of the way. But we who know Jesus Christ is our savior. We should do everything we can to help one another, to minister to one another. For the lost man or woman or boy and girl, we should help them to find the way, the truth and the life, the Lord Jesus Christ. For our brothers and sisters in Christ, we should do all within our power to help them in whatever need they have to minister to them. And I have to say in my time here at Red Hill, I'm thrilled to see that that is going on in so many lives. That you are seeking to reach out and minister to other people. Minister to those who are part of this church family. Minister to those in other church families. Minister to those around the world. And minister to those who do not yet know the Lord Jesus Christ. But as you do that, as you probably already found, you'll soon discover there are some situations, there are some circumstances where you stand helpless to help. You find situations that are out of your hands and out of your control. And I want to remind you today and remind all of us that there is one who has everything under his charge. There is one who can help. Even when nobody else can. And perhaps you're here today, beloved, and you're facing a situation like that in your own life or in the life of someone close to you, maybe someone even in your family. And if that be the case, I want you to listen very carefully today as we see a cry for help. As you look at this episode from the life of King Asa, I want you to notice that 11th verse again. Would you read it again with me? It says, and Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord, our God, for we rest on thee. And in thy name, we go against this multitude. O Lord, thou art our God. Let not man prevail against thee. And I want you to notice this morning the source of our help. He prays there. Help us, O Lord, our God, where we go. And to whom we go to seek help is very important. We have to make sure that that person, the one we're asking for help, is sufficient to meet our need. If you wake up tomorrow morning, and I hope this does not happen, but if you wake up tomorrow morning and you have a toothache, you're going to seek assistance from your dentist, not your mechanic. But what about those impossible situations? Those situations where there seems to be no one, no human can help. There are no dentists, there are no mechanics, there are no doctors, there are no other specialists that can intervene. Are we to throw up our hands in despair? Are we to give up? I say no. Don't wring your hands in despair. Instead, fold them in prayer. Look to our great source of help. Look to the Lord God. Why is it that we so often turn to him as our final resort? When we've exhausted everything we know to do, we say, we better pray now. Beloved, we ought to pray first. He ought to be our first resort. But perhaps you're here today and you're saying, I wonder, I really wonder in my own heart of hearts whether God can help me. 
Is he really sufficient? Dear friend, may I remind you that God is the one who created us. God is the one who shaped us. God is the one that formed us. God is the one that daily keeps us. God knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows every trial, every temptation, every trouble, every task of the human life. And beloved, he stands willing and able to extend his grace in your time of sorrow and sin and suffering and defeat. He is all powerful. What are earthly kings in regards and compared to our God? Proverbs 21 one says it this way. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of water. He turneth it whithersoever he will. Our God is all powerful. Our God is all knowing. Our God is all present. Our God is immutable. That is, he never, never changes. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. As one beautiful song put it, he is almighty, unchangeable God. As we look at this account today in Scripture, we find that King Asa and his people are facing an army of a million men, a million men. And God defeated them. He changes not. And so I wonder today, surely he can help you in the issues that you're facing. In the circumstances where you find yourself, the source of our help, oh, Lord, our God. But notice, secondly, the cry for help. Look again at that verse. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord, our God. Let me say a few words about King Asa here, beloved. This is obviously not the first time. He is called upon the Lord in prayer. He no doubt had spent time praying to the Lord in the times of peace. And he had a time of peace in his reign. And now here in the time of peril, he's crying out to God. Now, we would consider Asa to be a good king. Sadly, his end wasn't as good as his beginning. You can go and read chapter 16 and learn that. But we find from today's passage that Asa was serious about the worship of Jehovah. If you turn back to the first five verses, it says, So Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa, his son, reigned in his stead. In his days, the land was quiet ten years. Now watch verse 2. And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. Well, what did he do? Verse 3. He took away the altars of the strange gods, the idols, the false worship. The high places, he broke down their images, he cut down the groves, and he commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law and the commandment. Also, he took away out of all the cities of Judah, the high places and the images, and the kingdom was quiet before him. So we find he was busy doing God's work. In fact, he was so serious about the worship of Jehovah. Listen to what First Kings 15 says about him. Listen, it says in First Kings 15, beginning at verse nine. And in the 20th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, reigned Asa over Judah. Listen. And 40 and one years reigned he in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Makkah, the daughter of Abishalom. And Asa did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, as did David his father. Listen to verse 12. And he took away the Sodomites out of the land and removed all the idols that his fathers had made. Now notice verse 13. 
and also Maka, his mother, even her, he removed from being queen because she had made an idol in a grove and Asa destroyed her idol and burn it by the brook Kidron. Now, I want you to know this man was serious about the worship of Jehovah. So serious about it that he actually removed his mother from being queen because she was an idol worshiper. He destroyed her idol and burned it by the book Kidron. In the days of peace, he served God. So it's perfectly natural for him to turn to the Lord when he faces the peril of a million man army. Now, as you read this verse, especially verse 11, don't think about him saying this in a monotone, boring voice. I believe this was a passionate cry. It says he cried into the Lord. I believe it was a heartfelt, passionate prayer. You get a million men after you and see how you begin to pray. I mean, he was serious with the Lord here. And I want to spend just a few minutes looking at this prayer. We notice right away it was not a very long prayer, but it got the job done. God is not concerned. Listen, God is not concerned about the length and eloquence of your prayers nearly as much as he is about the sincerity of your heart. You need to remember that. You need to cry out to the Lord in faith. Cry out simply and humbly. Notice what he says in his prayer. And Asa cried to the Lord his God and said, Lord, watch this. It is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. I love that. Lord, it's nothing for you to help. You don't need many, Lord. You don't even need any. You are all powerful. Lord, I recognize your strength. Think about it. Think about it, friend. The things that are so insurmountable in our lives. Those mountains that we cannot get over and we cannot get around. Those situations that keep you up at night and still your appetite while you're awake. Those situations to our almighty God can be met just as simply as lifting your little finger. Think about that. They're so large to us. So insurmountable. Yet not to God. They're so small to him. Don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that he doesn't care or he's not concerned. I'm not belittling your heartaches or your frustrations, your sorrows, or your difficulties. What I'm seeking to do is to remind you that our all-powerful God is in control. We can rest in Him. We can rejoice in Him. Listen, it doesn't matter what's going on at Wall, in Wall Street. It doesn't matter who's in the White House. It doesn't matter who our enemies are. God is still on the throne. God is still in charge. God is God. And we can say, hallelujah anyway. No matter what's going on. Though all hell should break loose around us. God is still in control. God is still on the throne. God is God. And we rest in Him. And I say, brother, why don't you bring that problem That situation that's so bearing on you and so burdening you and lay it at the feet of Jesus. Bring that problem that is so great and lay it at the feet of one who is greater. Now, of course, this must begin with coming to him in your sin and trusting him as your savior. I don't know what other problems you may have today. But if you have not trusted Jesus Christ, the greatest problem you have is your sin. That's your greatest problem. 
And the greatest need you have today is the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he died upon that cross for you. He shed his precious blood for you. He was laying in that tomb for you. He arose for you. He lives victorious for you. And he'll save you if you'll come to him in repentance and faith. Now, friend, notice that Asa not only acknowledges the power of God, but look again at his prayer at the end. It says in the end, in thy name we go against this multitude. O Lord, thou art our God. Let not man prevail against thee. It's interesting. As Asa is pleading to the Lord, he said, God, this is your battle. We are your people. God, this is about your honor and your glory. Just imagine, beloved, how our prayer lives will be revolutionized if we always concerned ourselves about his honor and his glory when we pray. Think about that. The source of our help, oh, Lord, our God, the cry for help, help us, Lord, help us. We're greatly outnumbered. But notice the surety of our help. Look again at verse 11. And Asa cried to the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord, our God, for watch this. We rest on thee. I looked up that word in the Hebrew rest in our English language here is translated rest. But in the Hebrew, it's show on. It means this to support oneself, to lean, to lie, to rely, to rest on, to stay. He's saying this, God, we rest on, we rely, we lie on, we lean on you. Think about that. Lord, we lean on you. We rely on you. Let me ask you, what or whom do you rely on or trust in? Be honest. We were translating this in our own lives. We might write it this way. My bank account, I rest on thee. My resources, I rest on thee. My brain, my intelligence, I rest on thee. My government, I rest on thee. My strength, I rest on thee. But not Asa. Asa says, oh Lord God, I rest on you. I lean on you. I rely on you. Lord, I need you. The Lord delights in our resting in him. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Isaiah 41, 10. The Lord says, fear thou not. For I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. He delights in our leaning on him. He delights in our resting on him. Bring your burdens to him. Lay them at his feet. Say, Lord, these things are beyond me. I'm not able. I'm not sufficient. But Lord, you are. But I want you to realize something. Don't close up shop yet, but realize this. He may choose to remove that storm or challenge. Or he may choose to sustain you through that storm or challenge. The choice is his. The choice is his. What did he say to Paul? He said, Paul, my grace is sufficient. 
and his grace is sufficient for your need. I found a statement from the old preacher Talmadge. He was telling about a friend who stood by the railroad track in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, during the tumultuous years of the Civil War. Of course, I saw Carlisle, Pennsylvania, and I found that interesting right away. Danielle's mom and dad live pretty close to Carlisle. It's a beautiful town. We usually spend some time there whenever we get up that way. But Talmadge's friend was standing in Carlisle many, many years ago, and he stood by the train track at Carlisle when the ammunition had given out at Antietam. And he saw on that train track the train from Harrisburg freighted it with shot and shell as it was thundering down toward the battlefield. And that friend said the train did not stop for any crossings. So they did not apply the brakes regardless of the grade, and they held up for no peril. He said the wheels were on fire with the speed as they drove past. You see, if the train did not come in time with ammunition, it might as well not come at all. And Talmud said, so my friends, there are times in our lives when we must have help immediately or perish. The grace that comes too late is no grace at all. He says, oh, is it not blessed to think that God is always, God is always, God is always in such a quick pursuit of his dear children. I don't know about you, but as I look at Asa's prayer, I think what a great prayer. He cried to the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing. <laughs> it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee. And in thy name, Lord, we go against this multitude. O Lord, thou art our God. Let not man prevail <coughs> against thee. And we say today, amen and amen. Would you bow your head and close your eyes very quickly today? And we're done. First of all, friend, you're here today. And you say, preacher, my need today. You, you talked about it. My need is the Savior. I'm lost in my sin. There's never been a time in my life where I've trusted him and the Holy Spirit is still in your heart today. Friend, I want to encourage you to trust Him. Repent. Place your faith in Him alone. And receive the free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In a moment, I'm going to invite you to come and meet me here. And we'll put you with somebody that will be glad to take a Bible and show you the gospel. And share with you and answer any questions you have. And I want to encourage you to come. Christian, how about it today? You say, preacher, I know the Lord. I know him. And I'm facing situations and circumstances right now in my life. And they seem so overwhelming. They seem so insurmountable. I can't get over it. I can't get around it. I just don't know what to do. Well, friend, I'll tell you what to do. Give it to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. His grace is sufficient. He may choose to remove you out of that situation and clear it up. Or he may say to you, dear child, I'm going to grow you. I'm going to mature you. I'm going to be with you in this. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. 
My grace is sufficient. But regardless, would you come today? Whatever he chooses to do, you're going to come and say, Lord, I rest on you. I rely upon you. I lean on you, Lord, because I cannot, I cannot handle this on my own. But Lord, it's nothing with you to help with little or with you. In a moment, I'm going to invite you to come down to the altar and lay those burdens at the feet of Jesus and give those to him and trust him. And I'll invite you to come in just a moment. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. We thank you for the victory you gave to Asa so long ago. And we thank you for the victories you give to us. Father, I pray if there's one, even one today, who does not know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, that, Lord, right now you'll be gripping their heart and they'll come and desire to talk with someone and they'll place their faith in Christ alone. I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord. May they come today and lay those burdens down, saying, Lord, I rest on you. Whether you choose to take away the situation or sustain me in it, I rest on you, Lord. I know your way is perfect. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to live in despair or dread. I'm going to live in victory as I trust you and seek you and look to you and ask you to help. Father, you know the hearts today. You know the needs. Bring them in this invitation, I pray, in the Savior's name. Amen.